0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Mike is always right podcast as always I am your host Mike and uh, let me tell you the burden of being right all the time sometimes is a little bit heavy but you know what I cope day in and day out so welcome to the show it's good to have everybody here I'm so excited because what I'm trying to do and I'm going to say emphasis on trying I am trying to do something that perhaps in my adult life, I have not done before. And I've not been very good at this. I'm trying to bring this element to the show. I'm trying to basically, uh, let's just say this, I'm trying to be a better me, so I can be a better me for you, okay? And let let me explain why I say that. Friday, we had an amazing decision. Friday we had an amazing decision that I can tell you for years and years and years and years and thousands of, of nuns would pray the rosary. They would say their prayers at night. They would pray to end abortion. There were politicians that they would say, we pray to end abortion. There were pastors, there were mothers, there were fathers, there were leaders, there were presidents. There were people that would say that, pray to end abortion. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I never thought I would see it happen in my lifetime. I never thought I would see it. I never thought I would see it. I would never thought I would see the day when this would happen. And there was an excitement. There was a a happiness. There was an overjoyment that came with it. And I wanted to immediately get an episode out, I wanted to record, I wanted to talk, I wanted to bump my gums, I wanted to do the things I wanted to do. And I'm trying to work very hard going forward in the future to just sit on things for a minute. To just let things wash over. To just take a minute, take a day, maybe two, and let things wash over me Let's get all of the stuff Let's talk. I mean, you you've got to think about it like this: sophisticated newsrooms, OAN, Newsmax, Ta- uh, Fox News, MSDNC, all of these different places. They have several, 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 several people uh, on their production teams that can take a 200-page opinion. That's what you got. You got a 200-page opinion, which was the bo- both uh, the dissenting and the prevailing uh, uh, jurisprudence. Right. This is what they wrote. The the justice says this is this is what we did and why we did it. They cited different things. They cited different different stuff and judge samuelito is the one that actually wrote it um it was thought to be a 5-4 uh when the uh leaker leaked it uh but it turned out to be a 6-3 and and i wanted to put out some stuff i wanted to say some things i want but i'm trying to take a minute take it in and just let it sit i'm not a breaking news entity I'm not trying to scoop people and, and get you the thoughts and get and breaking news. We have no, that's not me. That's not what this show is. This show is commentary. This show is an opinion piece. This show is like it or not my opinion and my opinion may be flawed. You may not like my opinion. You know, may not agree with my opinion, but here's the deal. When you say things that you say, you put them out there and you do those things. Sometimes it's hard to unring that bell. I want to get it right. I want to make sure I'm well-versed. I want to make sure that I have some basis of fact. So for 50 years, 49, okay, 49 years, we have this junk garbage decision that was basically a spattering of four different amendments. The first, the fourth, I believe the 14th and 15th. And, And you have this sort of Quasi thought process. You had seven justices, uh, seven to two. It was affirmed in Casey in the 80s. and, And basically the thought process was, you know, you have the right to privacy and your privacy should not stop you from getting an abortion. Now, it's interesting that you look at the founder of Planned Parenthood, and people have brought up how much of a horrible person that Margaret Sanger is. As I begin to, um, to dive deeper into her life, her ideals, I can tell you right now, she is looking up at us right now. It's very hot where she is, and she's pretty pissed off that her, for, her forever thing that she wanted done was so happily roadblocked. Margaret Sanger wrote to a friend, she said, these people, she was referring to blacks, Latinos, anybody with any sort of genetic disease or, or mental defect, she said that they were like weeds that needed to be pulled. So when Planned Parenthood basically comes on the scene, Planned Parenthood wants to to believe that they are a woman's reproductive health machine, that they are here in the inner cities and they are here to provide affordable women's reproductive needs and they're here to take care of them. But just within the last couple days, I'm gonna tell you this, they cutting bait and they're running. Because their business model is no longer supported. There have been studies that have been done, uh, uh, exposes, um, uh, different news organizations that have come out. The Veritas Project did a great one on them. And and basically, they were taking the harvested organs of these six, seven, eight-month-old babies, and they're selling those. What sort of a sick, twisted organization would do that? So, when we talk about this particular issue, we talk about Roe, we talk about abortion, we talk about all this, there was a three-phase lie that was basically perpetuated over approximately, let's say before the decision, it was about 20 years before the actual decision where You began to see a lot of the rebellion. You began to see a lot of the pushback. You began to see a lot of the generation, the greatest generation came home from war. They started having kids. Those kids started to push back those kids started to understand different political ideologies, different religious ideologies. And they began to experiment with a lot of different things like drugs and free love and what happened in the sixties, the entire free love movement. I can bang who I want. I can do who I want. I can have all this fun and there's no consequences. Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. No, 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 no. This is free love. This, this you don't you don't have to be burdened with that you don't have to have a husband you don't have to have a wife you don't have to have a family men you can do whatever you want you're a stud women just keep it on the dl but you can do any man you want and you have this erosion of family values you have this erosion of traditional committed relationships and accountable relationships and we begin to do these experiments and all of a sudden uh-oh these ladies are ending up pregnant and in a lot of uh, in a lot of places abortion was actually outlawed i'm not saying 15 weeks 20 weeks 30 weeks i'm saying outlawed right it doesn't happen and what you have is an argument used today that was actually an argument that was actually relevant back then Today we hear, well, they're going to go into an alley and they're going to go with a coat hanger and pull that babe. Okay. That's an argument that was relevant then. That is not an argument that is relevant now. By and large, in the past 15 to 20 years, abortions have gone down 60%, 60%. Generally speaking, medical or medication is now given for abortion. It's not doctors actually going in and vacuuming the kid. That does happen, make no mistake about it. I'm looking at you, New York. Nine months. But the 60s sold us on this uh, free love. Love is, love. love is. oh, you're uh, gonna go out and we're gonna bang everything and everybody's gonna have love and we're gonna make love and we're gonna do all this. And then in the 70s, somebody sat up and said, uh, we don't really want all of the accountability for that love. <laughs> And so then in the 1970s, you get this build towards Roe, right? And basically what you have is, well, this should be your choice. Ladies, this is your choice whether or not you want to have this baby. So what we hear a lot is, I just it was I was young and I thought he loved me, and and and, and then he wasn't there, and, and I just not have a baby right now and we go oh that's so sad oh my gosh what oh that's horrible This, this is my body this is my choice So I wonder if it's your body and your choice and you just couldn't deal with having a child and the accountability that comes from that and you're to be celebrated because the decision you make, do we celebrate the fathers who walked away because it really wasn't their deal and they really weren't ready or no, do we villainize those guys that walk away as we should and make them pay child support as they should for the child that they fathered? Ooh, sounds like we got a different mindset coming now, don't we? So in the 1970s, we, we sell this as, it's your choice. You have a right to privacy. This is your body. You shouldn't have to do the things that are done, because we have, go back to the previous argument, free love bang who you want and forget about the consequences. Now now no ladies it's your choice it's your body. And that argument managed to suffice for a long time and then what happens is in the 90s the religious right starts to to kind of wake up. They're like, you know, this isn't good. We're we're seeing all of these uh new data that's coming saying we are literally aborting millions and millions of babies every single year. Millions and millions of little lives that are snuffed out in an instant that never get the opportunity. And then in the 90s, we come back with the science and the science says, it's just a clump of cells. Oh, so that will make me feel better. It's not a baby, it's just a clump of cells. There's, there's nothing really there. And the popular lie is that life doesn't begin at conception Life begins at birth, and that manages to play out for approximately twenty more years. And see, here's the deal, a- and I heard I heard my favorite my favorite talk show host, Michael Berry, talk about this, and it really, it really set me off because I thought about it, and I thought, my God, it's it's <laughs> it's a typical thing. And I remember a pastor a long time ago would say. Sin will keep you longer than you want. It will take you further than you wanted to go. And it will cost you more than you wanted to pay. The left just couldn't leave it alone. The left just couldn't leave it alone. They wanted more. And I would say the bloodlust is what they wanted. And when you have a state like Mississippi that says, no, we're going to put this stipulation on it, right? We're going to put this stipulation on uh, abortion as far as how many weeks the left said, oh, we're going to take them to court. And you have it play out for several years and the lower courts finally gets to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court basically says, listen, there is enumerated rights and there are rights that are interpreted. Enumerated basically means this is what it says. If it says this, this is what it says. And then there are ways that you can give different interpretations of that. And all that the Supreme Court said was, there is no factual basis of anything in the Constitution of the United States that says any woman has a right to abort a baby. If that supposed issue is not laid out as a right to protect a person entity or thing that issue needs to go back to the states and so the religious right rejoices and i can tell you this while there is a air of happiness that i have because as soon as the decision was released, there are several different states that had trigger laws that said, hey, if this happens, you know, this is what we're doing. And you have a lot of states, uh, Mississippi, Texas, Wisconsin, South Dakota, North Dakota. You have a lot of different states that basically said outlawed, done, unless it's in the case of maternal distress, we're, we're done. There will be no abortions here. But there are other states, because this will be a state's rights issue, that are going to say, like Gavin Newsom, let me tell you what, I will say this, if Gavin Newsom runs for president in 2024, and he happens to win, this entire republic is lost. We're talking about a man who is going to celebrate, celebrate abortion, we will be an abortion sanctuary literally that was the statement and we will have and use state funds to cover travel expenses to come to the state of california welcome to the state of california we've got great weather we've got mountains we've got the ocean we've got deserts come for the fun kill your child and go home with money in your pockets state of california hello And then what you have blows my mind. Because here's the deal. I am a conservative man. I am a Christian man. I love God. I believe the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is the only thing that will basically take you to heaven because none of us are worthy of any of it. But I was not exactly excited the day after all of this came out because it still leaves room to kill babies. But the constitutionalist inside me, the conservative constitutionalist that wants my rights supported, that wants my rights taken care of applauded the Supreme Court because what did it do? It gave us, I say us, the electorate, the ability to do something that Roe never allowed to be done. Roe never allowed state legislatures elected by the people to make decisions on this issue. So when you look at it in its totality, we have the ability to now choose representatives Wisconsin's gonna be going through an election cycle. We have state assembly folks. We have state senators that are running and they're they're, they're working to earn your vote. Shout out to Marianne Zimmerman. I, I met her at the Truth and Courage PAC deal. I will have her on the show. That lady is a firebrand and I'm excited to have her on. I meet all of these people, these folks running for state assembly, I meet people running for state senate, I meet people running for AG, lieutenant governor, governor, I meet all of these people, and I know that if the voices can be heard by the voters, then the legislatures need to get to work, and if they don't get to work, we vote their asses out but Roe made sure that that never happened. So you couldn't have these state legislatures that would come and do these things when the people would elect them because it would always hit the ceiling. And it took someone like President Trump that had three opportunities to put conservative judges where they need to be to finally have the makeup of the court match the people in the state and all they wanted to do and all the court did the court did not say abortion bad we protect life clarence thomas How at you, boy no that wasn't what they said they said this is not in the constitution this goes back to the states states figure it out and the left goes crazy To see specifically and I'm going to I'm going to call this out and you can say whatever you want about this if I hear that you are a black woman and you are in favor of abortion you must be outside your damn mind do black lives really matter. No, apparently not to black people, because here's the deal. Black babies are aborted at a rate three times higher than the national average. You're killing each other. You're killing your future. You're killing the ability for a child to come into this world and have the opportunity to live in the greatest country in this world. But we're systemically racist and a black person can't get ahead. Really? They can't get ahead? I thought we elected a black person as our president. Was that a glass ceiling that just broke and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, no, we're good. Systemic racism means that it's holistic and it's everywhere. That's not the case in this country. I'm sorry to break it to you, but if you don't work hard, you will not get anywhere. Nobody owes you a damn thing because of your great-great-grandfather and my great-great-grandfather. And they owned a goat and he owned a horse and he stole his goat. And now I'm a horse thief and they had slaves. So automatically I need help in life because I'm oppressed. It doesn't add up. The grand scheme was to pervert your mind so much that you would fight for the right to kill your own race, to kill your own children, to kill your own future. So I ask you, what do we do now? Lefties, shut your damn mouth. You got beat, suck it up. Righties, shut your damn mouth. You've got a lot of work to do. And what do I mean when I say that? It is time to show all of the things we've been talking about for 50 years. We need to make adoption affordable. We need to provide people with the ability to get connected to adopt these children. We need to provide caring, loving, nurturing wisdom to these mothers who are struggling because they don't have jobs. They made poor decisions. Now they're knocked up. They don't have this ability. And now what do they do? We take them We love them, we do not judge them, and if they decide they're gonna keep their baby, we help them. That doesn't have to be a government program. I'm looking at you, church. I'm looking at you, prosperity preachers, on Sunday, and send us your check P.O. box, 1964, Knoxville, Tennessee, 54603. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about your endless building projects where ain't nobody put on a damn doorknob for 10 years, but we're gonna raise money for the church. Talking with your slick ass, three-piece suit, giving us a good message, while there are people in your community that are starving, while there are babies going to sleep because they're hungry and their parents just have nothing. What do we do in church? Let me tell you what, a very powerful thing happened to me Saturday. Saturday I I went to the Truth and Courage PAC, uh, uh, I call them workshops, because this this really wasn't a political meeting, I thought it was interesting. This was Senator Ted Cruz. It was his pack. And I was very fortunate to get invited to it. I didn't know what was going on. It was in Milwaukee. I was able to take my daughter and we went and we went to this event. There were people speaking. They talked about mobilizing. They talked about activism. They talked about digital branding. They talked about how to communicate with youth. They had all these different things. And one of the best things that I've ever sat through, and I'm not joking, I have sat through preaching from some of the most high named, big Pentecostal preachers, jumping, spitting, shouting, chandeliers, hanging the roof and send me your money. I have heard all of that. I have been there. It turns my stomach because uh, overall, what are we doing, guys? If you ain't helping the community you're in, what are we doing? And Pastor Rafael Cruz spoke, and that's Ted Cruz's father, and he began to bring up his Childhood, growing up in Cuba. He began to talk about the different things that happened when Fidel took over and how they were able to escape that. And one of the earlier speakers made a comment that I think just blew my mind. He said, listen, you only get to vote for socialism once. (laughs) You only get that vote one time because once you go there, you never are able to go back. The only way you go back is through violent revolution and people die. So lefties, shut the hell up righties shut the hell up we have got so much work to do and let me tell you where it first starts this is bothering me and, and I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty frustrated about it this whole night of rage summer of rage jane's revenge if you if you if we can't have abortion you know they're gonna you know plunder and, and do all this different stuff I'm going to say this, and I wrote this on Facebook today, and I I completely believe this wholeheartedly. Our forefathers would have already been stacking bodies at this point. It didn't take a lot for old George to get pissed off or Madison or Jefferson. Didn't take a lot for those guys. They saw evil. They didn't negotiate with it. They started stacking bodies because they knew if you let tyrants go too far, if you let crazy go too far, people get hurt and then you have chaos. You cannot have a functioning constitutional republic in chaos. You can't have people attacking the Supreme Court and saying, well, now I don't, I, I don't like what they had to say. Listen, I can honestly say, I don't believe I've ever heard, and I may be wrong on this. I'm willing to be wrong on this, but I'm willing to be right. I have never heard of any conservatives in the last 50 years call for the Supreme Court to be completely banished, that says it's a bad idea, we don't need to have it, or we need to pack it with some more folks, or we need to get rid of that black guy, Clarence Thomas, because, you know, he's just a sellout. Joy Reid, Whoopi Goldberg, disgusting pigs of women. I, I can't believe it. I simply cannot believe it. So they did something that you don't like. And, and here's the deal, it's trumped up. That the issue is trumped up within minutes. The Democratic Party was using this to raise money. Within minutes, they had something that they were gonna run on in November because they can't run on anything else. Democracy is on the ballot, Nancy Pelosi says. To hell with the Supreme Court. Maxine Waters says, Aunt Maxine, sorry Pablo, Aunt Maxine. people on the right, listen to my voice, let this burn in your ears, shut up, get to work, love these women, reach out to these women, work through your local church, find, found a nonprofit that provides work skills, that provides food that provides affordable housing. Do it through your state legislation, do it through your church, do it through your county. We have got to be able to stand on the shoulders of giants, look over to the promised land and make it better because we had 50 years of absolute garbage. You prayed for this, you wanted this, thank God we got it. Now we got to do something with it and the best thing we can do with it is make people think, man, instead of maybe going to New York and having an abortion, maybe instead of going to California and getting an abortion, maybe I can go to Texas. Maybe I can go to Wisconsin, maybe I can go to Arkansas, maybe I can go to Florida. And there'll be good people there that will take me, love me, help me, and surround me. You know, it takes a, it takes a community there in, at the NICU where where uh, where our baby was born. Uh, she spent five months there. And I used to pass by this picture every single day. And it says it takes a community to raise a child. We have gotta be that community. If we are not, we're no better than the lefties that wanted them killed because what we're doing Is we're sentencing them to a life of mediocrity, to a hard life that they'll never be able to make anything out of themselves. At one point, they'll wish they'd been aborted because their lives are so miserable. Coming up next segment, we're going to talk about the Truth and Courage Pack. Had a really great time at that. Got a lot of thoughts on that. And we'll hit on the Wisconsin gubernatorial debate. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. So I wanted to call everybody's attention. And if you get the opportunity to do something like this, you get the opportunity to do a training class. You get the opportunity to do something that will train you specifically for either the, the running of a race for political office or the supporting of someone who's running a race. I definitely recommend you go and do it. So the entire purpose of the Truth and Courage Pack is to train up Right conservative activists to go out and make a difference. And so I had no clue. I honestly had no clue. And let me just give you the backstory of this. I had no clue that this event was going on. It was not on my radar um, because it's not really part of my, it wasn't really on my side of the state. So um, the state of, of Wisconsin. Not a very large state, but from my perspective, living on the far western side, we get more twin cities, uh, Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul, news, information, things of that nature. We are not oftentimes connected as much with the Milwaukee, uh, Madison, Racine, Kenosha, Green Bay uh, areas, right? It's, it's that side of the state. And, and quite frankly, a lot of the political machine doesn't have to come out to our part of the of the state because they have such a high density of voters in these particular places that really they don't need us and and that's that's not i'm not being ugly i'm just saying this is this is where it's one of us it's the same thing in california you win la you win san francisco you win san diego you don't have to worry about the other little towns in between uh the same thing with new york right so so it I'm, i'm not bellyaching about it this is this just is what it is so i had no idea that this particular uh event was going on and i get a a facebook message from cindy warner uh many of you know cindy she's running for lieutenant governor And she said, hey, I just want to let you know, don't know if you're a Ted Cruz fan or not, but um, I'm going to be at this event. If you would like to come, I would like to have you as my guest and, you know, you can come to this event. And she she basically made the joke. She says, well, your daughter Amara isn't doing political things yet, so invite Aubrey. And so uh, for those of you who don't know, Aubrey is my 14-year-old, and she is living the life of a typical 14-year-old uh, person. She is struggling with her belief system. She is struggling with what she believes on a religious scale, right? So the decision to follow Christ, what does that look like? It's really going against the grain. Now we're going to a Christian school. There's so much that's involved in it, right? And then she's starting to formulate her worldviews and how she believes about these things, those things, these issues, that issue. And so I very politely said, yes, you know, I'll I'll check and we'll see if we can come. Would be super excited to, uh, you know, I'll get back with you. So talk with my wife. Yes, let's go. Booked a hotel room. Uh, right across the street from the actual venue uh, the wisconsin center and we took off on a friday afternoon and we drove, it was about four hours. And and, and here's the thing, I, I will tell you this, some of the greatest times in my life were spent on the road with my mom or on the road with my dad, because you ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> There's no running away if the conversation gets tense. There's no calling time out because we were rolling 70, 75 miles an hour, right? And the opportunity to talk to her while we went up was priceless because it's making an investment in my child's future. And we talked about things she wanted to know, because in this case, it was the day that the Supreme Court had released their decision on Roe. And seemingly all hell was breaking loose as far as uh, people who were uh, vandalizing. You know, there were some riots. There were some protests. There was just a lot of stuff. And you know, she kind of wanted to know about that, right? So, how does that fit? And she really wanted to know some of the information uh, around Roe, and why would people want to murder babies? And and that doesn't make any sense. And you know, and so we had the opportunity to talk about that. So we we get to the event we get to the event very early on saturday we meet so many amazing people there were so many amazing people it was hosted by uh my favorite talk show host michael barry if you are not listening to michael barry there is literally perhaps something wrong with you you should probably go to a doctor maybe consider seeing a psychologist especially if you're on the right um he is one of if not the best um conservative talk show host he is a former uh city councilman he is an adoptive father so he has two young men that he adopted from ethiopia him and his wife uh he has two law degrees the guy is amazing very very down to earth i literally sent him an email said hey czar because michael barry is the czar of talk radio uh as proclaimed by george bush and he's i said czar uh you're going to be in my town hey if you want to connect let's let's reach out uh, I had met him briefly in 2017. I uh, actually used one of his show sponsors. One of his show sponsors had come to the station, have lunch, got to have lunch with the guy, uh, me and probably 15 other people. So I sent him a message, hey, let's connect, and I'll be damned, he sent me a message. Hey, let's connect, make sure that we, you know, get together at the event. And I got to talk to him for a little bit, got to take take pictures with him, and my daughter got to take pictures with him, and she was super, super excited about that. And I could see the wheels turning inside of her head when they started talking about socialism, when they started talking about just the drain on humanity that this particular uh, worldview embraces, what it will do. They talked about places like Venezuela. They talked about places like Cuba. They talked about how America is the last... Uh, the last bastion of freedom right if america falls there's nowhere else for anywhere on the planet for anybody to look to where do you go because it ain't in canada with brother trudeau it ain't right so so where do you go and and i just just daily throughout the day i'm kind of checking on her hey what do you think well that was really good and man i really didn't understand that And we had these conversations and we began talking and we began to kind of um answer some of those very difficult questions that she's having as a young person is going to have and and here's the deal i love my parents i love my parents but this sort of political talking back and and understanding questioning really didn't come about not on their end but on my end i didn't want to know i didn't have those questions i was just gonna figure it out myself and and thank God that I was not a product of my environment because my environment was a United Socialist Republic of Southern California. I would have grown up flaming liberal. I would probably not be Mike, I would be Michelle, I would have green hair, and I would be arguing for birthing persons to have the ability to menstruate and to kill their babies. Not a, not a stretch. It's really not a stretch, I'm going to tell you, but for the grace of God, right? So we're talking and we're talking all throughout the day and and we get to the point where we have some different folks that that were speaking. And here was probably the best part of this event. And that's why I say if you get the opportunity to go to one of these events, if you get the opportunity to go to a political rally, if you get the opportunity to do some of these things, it's good to go. But don't forget your kids. My daughter saw women, met women, white women black women, Hispanic women, older women, younger women, taller women, shorter women, bigger women, thinner women. She met women specifically that looked like her, that had these beliefs, that had this nature of selling out to conservative principles, and they weren't oppressed. They weren't sad. I'm a conservative, but I just never have any fun, and I never do anything, and it really just sucks, but I'm just, I'm suffering, I'm suffering for the right. No, she met people that were excited. She met people that were engaged. She met women that were empowered and ready to just take on the world. And she saw that. She saw a strong black man, Orlando Owens, stand up and talk about not only Christ, God, the church, how things should be, but political views, how we need to affect change, what we need to do in the legislature. She saw that and she was excited by that. So a few things that that stuck out to me. And for those of you guys who watched the gubernatorial uh, debate that happened Monday night, couple thoughts on that, because three of the four came to this event and spoke at this event i find it odd that monday night one of the four that wasn't there saturday was talking smack and they all talk smack about the one who didn't make it so at this event on saturday uh tim michaels was there um rebecca cleafish was there and so was kevin nicholson right and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and it may be ugly. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not even sure who I'm gonna vote for. So I'm not gonna tell you, yeah, you vote for this person, vote for that person, whatever, because that's not my job. My job is to provide the information. My job is to tell you what I think, right? Whether you like it or not. Okay. And just make the observations. The observations from Saturday was this. It appeared to me that Tim Michaels literally snorted a line of coke before he got up on the stage because he was a 15 on a scale of 10. That guy was just boom over the top he was loud he was boisterous he had a message he had conviction i'm not saying anything like the guy has a drug problem it was a joke but really this guy was amped up he was so amped up that guy wasn't even on the schedule they handed out the agenda before we did this he was he was not there his crew just rolled in, boom, and he, he said his thing. He made a lot of good points. He made a lot of loud, loud, loud points. He got the crowd to such a frenzy, and then Kevin comes out, and it dropped it low. And the only thing I'll say about Kevin is he is in great danger right now of becoming the Jeb Bush of Wisconsin politics. Please clap. That guy was basically, we turned the ship 90 degrees, the sails were out, and suddenly, without dropping the anchor, we were stationary. Now, there's different styles, and I get that. Some people are not going to have the um, very boisterous, very loud, you know, uh, Michaels had been a, a major in the Army. He knows how to, you know, communicate, project people. I get it. Nicholson has been in, you know, he was in the military as well. I, so, I, I didn't quite get that. It doesn't seem like he could match the, the level of intensity. And my opinion was it came off very much wet blanket. It came off very much like, well, this is what we're going to do, and you don't like this guy. You know, you don't like this girl, then. You know, I'm the only real choice, and and like everybody was like, okay, um, that was um, different, with an upper inflection, and then Rebecca got up there, and and honestly, I I, I can say this, there was just enough humor that she gave, just enough history that she gave, just enough personal stories that she gave that actually made her come off a little bit more genuine i thought i thought compared to the two um, that she probably came off the best she wasn't loud and over the top she wasn't underwhelming she was at a good tempo a good pace she spoke she talked about actual issues meaning she brought up the fact that she does not want to tax seniors um, for on their social security for state tax Uh, she talked about how we lose so many people to Florida and other places because of the tax-free um, incentives that they have. They, she wants to do that here in Wisconsin. I thought that was interesting, and, and truly to the crowd that was there. Okay, uh, which was funny. I pulled Cindy Warner off to the side. I said, I said, you know what I see here? She says, what? I said, I see a lot of white folk. <laughs> she started laughing, and I said, I see a lot of older white folk (laughs) and and there were splatterings of of you know some some different ethnicities and and there were some younger but there was a lot older and i said we've got to increase this tent we we just have to we have a a winning message we have the the building blocks to make the lives of not only white but black but latino men women asian whatever demographic you are we have the ability to cater to what you want because what we want is to give you the tools to have life liberty pursuit happiness pursue your happiness man So, so Rebecca, I thought of the three that were there that day did the best because she managed to kind of take not too much energy, not enough energy. She mixed in herself. She gave some policy stuff, had the opportunity to meet her afterwards, just very briefly. And I just thanked her for that. I said, Hey, I just really wanted to say I've never met you before. You know, I'm Mike, I'm always right. Uh, She did chuckle at that as everybody did. Um, And I said, you know, I just really appreciate your speech that you gave. I appreciate the fact that you provided details. I thought that was a good thing. So, um, but. But but then the, the curious thing is this, so I'm just I'm just going to say this, um, and I do realize that Ron Johnson is in the middle of a primary. He is he is running. He is going to be running, and, and he probably has fifty thousand different events he's doing. And that was just Tuesday, right? So the, the guy has a lot going on. But there was a different a different contrast between when he was there versus when Senator Cruz was there. Ron Johnson got done with his speech, and there was like a exit stage left he was gone there was a vapor trail and this dude was out right and and like i said i know that he probably had a lot going on i did find it interesting that michaels was gone nicholson was gone rebecca was there till the end um but then cruz once cruz was done he actually literally jumped off the stage i thought that was interesting you guys just like dropped the mic jumped off the stage and he was ready to meet people he's ready to shake hands he was ready to you know do all that stuff and keep in mind this was a free event this was a free event so somebody had to pay for the venue somebody paid for the lunch which i'm gonna lie to you, the lunch was really good okay somebody had to pay for the sound and the lighting and the stage and the chairs and all of the the, the printed material um, there was probably an agreement to pay mr barry some money because i mean that guy don't come cheap i understand that he has value he brings value and legitimacy um even if we're just talking about, I'm not going to pay you any money, but I'm going to fly you out. Good God, the cost of, of just flights is, is quite amazing, right? And, and so there's a lot of money that was expended for this full day training opportunity, and they didn't ask for a dime. They didn't ask for any money in return. They did not ask for anything. This was something that, from the, the, the mouth of Ted Cruz, we're doing to train up activists, to train up people on the right to get in this game and to take care of business i loved it and i'll tell you this and this is this is what i'm going to close with because i think that this is the most powerful thing that i took away from the entire event i sat with my daughter four hours riding back home and it was late we we, we got a late dinner we got a late start and we're heading home and she began to open up and talk to me about what she now believes and how she wants to vote and the principles that she believes are important, how she wants to do what she can to make sure that people like Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, Orlando Owens, those people get into office. She really enjoyed what they had to say because she identified with it. So my encouragement to you, when you have these events, when you have these events, so we're going to be doing a Faith and Family Revival, right? We're going to be doing that in uh, St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, July 31st. I'd encourage everyone to come out and come to this event. I'll post some information in the show notes. When you see that there are debates going on, when you see that local candidates are doing a pints in politics, or maybe they're overdoing a parade, or maybe they're over Bring your children. Let them see democracy in action. Let them see that these people are not people to be put up on a pedestal. They're people to be admired. They're people to be asked questions of. And they're people to be held accountable. We can't hold them accountable if we don't know who they are. Before last week, I'm sorry to say, I don't know if my daughter could actually name both senators from the state of Wisconsin. And that's sad. That's on me. That's not the school district. That's not, you know, uh, the, the news media. That's me. That's me as a father. That's me as a provider. That's me as a constitutionalist that like literally failed. We need to affect this next generation. We need to raise up an army I met a young man that was there, just blew my mind. Kid had literally, I say kid, he was 20 years old, uh, dyed his hair. And some of you who are listening to this are going to know who I'm talking about. He dyed his hair red, white, and blue. <laughs> and he was there with his dad. And he asked a question that I think was just so interesting and very telling of uh, where people are at nowadays. He said, I don't really have social media and I hear so much. What am I to believe? And it reminds me of the Bible when uh, I believe it was Timothy was talking to the Ethiopian and the Ethiopian basically said, hey, there's a lot of stuff in this book and I don't really know about it. How can I know about it unless somebody teach me? And Timothy says, I got you, bro. So if not now, when, if not who us, if we don't begin to talk to our children about fiscal conservative lowering taxes what that looks like we don't begin to talk to them about what the tax structure is how America collects its taxes how we are supposed to fight for lower taxes because lower taxes eases the burden on everybody if we don't talk to them about how our government is supposed to be transparent and understand the three separate but equal branches of government that the left now wants to eliminate the Supreme Court because they just you know they can't toe the line so they need to be getting rid of what the lower house is supposed to do what the upper house is supposed to do what the executive branch is supposed to do how will they know that because i'll tell you what civics isn't really being taught in schools anymore or if it is it's being taught that it's a white privileged oppressive unit that is here to basically kill you on, expose your children to this take your children to these events i don't care if they're six seven eight years old they're running around having fun. Some of it's going to get in. You do that six, seven, and eight, I'll tell you what, 13, 14, 15, ain't going to be quite as bad. And then when they get to be 18, (laughs) listen, there's a whole generation of people that I don't even understand why they have the right to vote because they don't understand their right to vote. We got our Obama phones. <laughs> okay, that's called a payoff, kids. <laughs> and if the only reason you're voting is because of that, that's called a payoff. Those aren't sound principles. That's gracing your left hand so I can get something out of your right hand. Train your children. Take them to these events. Let them see democracy in action. Let them see political ideals being discussed. Let them see the battle between the right, the left, how compromise comes about, how things are done in the real world. Let them see that. Let them understand that sometimes it's a terrible, disgusting, dirty process that nobody likes and everybody loses. But let them see that there can be good from it. Let them see that there can be a hope in this constitutional Republic created by this document that our forefathers put together hundreds of years ago, that is still relevant to this day. But if we don't make it relevant to them, they'll never have the goal of understanding it. Do it, do it, do it, get your kids on board, the best decision you'll ever make. Well, Hey everybody, did you know that you can actually support the podcast? So there's a couple different ways you can support the podcast. Number one, pray for me, pray for me, because I am walking the fine line between party politics, um, Christian values, putting myself out there. And a lot of people like the message. A lot of people do not like the message, especially when you kind of insult their candidate or you, you pull up their candidate or, or whatever, you know, listen, here's the thing. Okay. We need to win elections. We need to speak truth. And to do that, we need to have some sort of truth barometer. And that's what I'm trying to be. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for my family. Pray for us. That's a simple thing you can do. Take you less than 30 seconds. Number two, visit the website. You can go to microheater.com. M-I-K-E-G-R-A-J-E-D-A.com. Microheater.com. A lot of different information on there. A lot of different things on there that you can get at. You can see where where I'm going to be. You can see where we're going to be doing events. Uh, Got a massive, massive announcement. I'm just going to do a little tease here for a free event that we're going to be doing in August that is designed to help you protect your children from sex trafficking online bullying, human trafficking, and to keep them safe at schools. It is going to be a free event. I hope you will get down and I hope you will come to it no matter where you're at, because it is going to be a great one. Uh, So we'll have more details to follow. Uh, And then financially, financially, if you can support the podcast, you can support the podcast for 99 cents a month. You sign up on anchor, boom, 99 cents a month. I mean, you can do more. I'm just saying, but it takes money to make these things happen. These events that are done, a lot of times I do them, I incur the credit card debt, I pay off the credit card debt, I take money from here, I take money from there, and we do these events and we have a good time. And it is my investment in this community. Help me invest, help me invest in Western Wisconsin, help me invest in Wisconsin as a whole, help me invest in this country, help me make this happen. Because at the end of the day, I sincerely believe what Raphael Cruz had to say, We are the last great bastion of freedom in this world. If we fall, there will be darkness on this planet. We can do this. We just need to work together. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you liking. I appreciate you sharing. Let people know this little podcast is starting to grow and I appreciate all the people that are listening. Until next time, have a great one. Hustle, grind, take care of business because if we don't, no one else will. Have a great one. Talk to you later.